Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. All right, open up your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15. Uh, We're going to be reading out of uh, a portion of scripture that I read last week, that we studied last week, and then I'm going to have a second scripture for you, and uh, we're going to see where where, where we go from there, okay? And it says this, this is Jesus speaking, I am the vine and you are the branches. Look at this, whoever, what does it say? Abides, right? Say with me, abides. Abides in me, and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. By the way, some of you have already asked me, when are you going to address that, Tony? Don't you worry about it. It's coming. That's the Sunday I want you to invite all your friends. (laughs) I'm just kidding. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And Yet if you abide in me, look at this. Here's our key phrase for for this weekend. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Excuse me, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You know what I love about Jesus is He doesn't just tell us what to do, but He also models it for us. Did you catch that? These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Would you also then turn now to Paul's writings in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 8. Also, I apologize in advance for my raspy voice. Uh, track season is finally over as of yesterday. Uh, and though I love supporting my children, my, my voice needs a break and my skin needs a break from the sun. Even brown people need a break from the sun. Amen. Uh, and it says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, I'm going to read it slow, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears. Lord, supernaturally give me the ability to get through seven pages of notes in 30 minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) How many of you know that when... When we come out of the gloomy, long winter of Idaho, it's like there's this magic little gnome that goes around your house and begins to point out all the projects that you left unfinished last spring. Come on, right? And, and as the weather gets nicer, you think you're going to get to have more barbecues with your friends. Instead, you are faced with the never-ending list of projects that you must do and take care of because the weather's nice, and so you got to take care of it. And, 
And if you're anything like me, that list just continues to grow and grow and grow because in the Nunez family, we are very, um, how should I phrase this, driven and uh, don't necessarily like to sit on our hands for very long. And I'll just come out and say it. We aren't really satisfied sometimes with what we've got. We got to learn some contentment here and there. Uh, And so last week, I found myself looking at this list. We now have Come on, married couples. I'm going to just help you out right now. If you are an Android user, switch over to Apple, please. I'm helping you out, okay? Because you can do this thing called a share note. (laughs) So we have this shared note with Sophia, and we just keep adding to the things that we all need to do, right? And, and And so I was looking at that note, and I'm just like overwhelmed by the amount of things that have to get done, right? And I found myself moaning and groaning and looking at like this weekend we have this, that weekend we've got that, and this weekend we have this. And, and before I knew it, hear me on this, I, I know this is a story, but just stick with me. Before I knew it, my attitude of moaning and groaning began to bleed into my children a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they're moaning and groaning about how much needs to be done. And now I'm correcting them. You need to have a good attitude. Right? Because I'm the dad. And God brings me back to this moment of who set the tone. And really, I, I, I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly. And he said, what would happen if you just shifted your mindset from I have to do this to I get to live this life? I, I'm able-bodied to do these projects. God has provided the finances to maybe go out to Home Depot and purchase these things, right? God has allowed the sunshine to come out and given me the daylight to get this done. And all of a sudden, things began, I kid you not, to shift in the way I was thinking and approaching. Now, the list needs to be cut down, and we're going to have a conversation about that still, But all of a sudden now the atmosphere in my home began to change from moaning and groaning to I get to, we are privileged to. And I think if you're anything like me, then you probably struggle with thoughts in your head in a similar fashion. And if you aren't careful, thoughts become attitudes and attitudes become actions and actions have consequences. Which is why the enemy of your soul loves to come after your mind. And so today, I don't pretend to be a psychologist. Today, I don't pretend to know everything about the human mind. But I do want to biblically approach this idea of abiding in his words because when we abide in his words, we know his heart and his thoughts and then we can learn how to abide in his words and his thoughts and not just the thoughts that get flooded in. So today I want to talk to you about this idea of abiding in his thoughts and abiding in his words. Why? Because we all have a battle, or if you're anything like me, multiple battles in our minds. You all have a thought life. 
All of us have a life in our heads. And the way we deal with this thought life will affect everything. Hear me. Everything that flows from us begins in our minds. So before my regular three points, I'm going to give you three pre-points. Okay? Number one, there is an enemy. So don't be foolish or think otherwise or ignore or be aware of the fact that there is an enemy that is after your soul. And he begins to plant things in our heads and he weaponizes our path. Can I tell you something? Some of you got to hear this as a revelation today. Did you know the enemy cannot see into your future? So you know what he does? He talks to you about your past. And if your past was terrible, he wants you to stay stuck there and remind you of it and have you beat yourself up over it over and over again. And if your past was great, he tells you that's as good as it's going to get. And God's going, I actually get to see into the future of your life. I actually get to see what I have for you. The book of Jeremiah says he's got thoughts for you and I. I don't know if you know this, and there's some scholars and theologians that want to argue that that scripture has been taken out of context, but I, I, I just narrow it down to this. Jeremiah 29 is talking about a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if his thoughts towards Jeremiah was for good and evil and to prosper him and all these other things, why wouldn't that be for all his children? Number two, we all have a thought life, and whatever that thought life is producing will eventually be produced in us. Again, these are my pre-points. So I'm going to just kind of fly through them. Book of Proverbs, chapter 23, in the good old King James Version says this, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, my thought life, whatever I produce in my thought life will eventually be produced in me. Number three, the third thing that you need to know about this uh, this idea of of abiding in in, in his thoughts and in his word is that there's, there's 18 inches, medically, there's 18 inches between your brain and your heart. And that journey that takes place is paved by the way that you allow yourself to think. So in a little bit of psychology, like I said, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I did study up on this. And, and I've been on my own mental health journey over the last three years. One of the things psychologists will talk about is is this idea of new pathways or neuro pathways that your brain creates. And the thing is, the more you do something, the easier it gets to do it. So let me get all up in your grill. The reason why you're stuck in that sinful pattern is because you've done it for so long, it's so easy for you to continue to do it. The reason why you feel sorry for yourself for the last 10 years of your life is because you have allowed yourself to continue to feel sorry for yourself. And the more you do that, the easier it gets. The more you, and and again, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not minimizing pain, traumatic experiences, uh, uh, the the, uh, PTSD, anxiety, depression, all these things that are wreaking havoc in our mental health. I am not ignoring, nor am I minimizing those things. But those things can either be things that we allow the Spirit of God and His Word to come and and heal, and it can become 
what springboards us into having empathy for others while also having hope to distribute to others and that, look, I've overcome this, I've been healed from this, or it can be what drives our every decision because we constantly ruminate on it, and the more we do it, the easier it gets to do it. So I asked you last week, my third point last week was who or what is prevailing in your life? I want to ask you today, who is prevailing in your thought life? Who is winning the war in your mind? I want to submit to you that the word of God, through our abiding in it and in him, will not only transform us, but should be what prevails in our thought life. My goal for you today is that we would learn to abide in his thoughts, that we would learn to abide in his words. And I'm convinced, church, more than ever, that when we, do think, when we do this, when we abide in his word, when we abide in his thoughts, things shift in our minds, in our heads, in our hearts, our souls, and ultimately our lives reflect this shift that takes place. So let me ask you now three questions. What sparks your thoughts? What sparks your thoughts? John 15 Seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Are you allowing simply circumstances to spark your thoughts? Are you allowing just simply what's happening around you or maybe to you or in you to spark your thoughts? Or is what's fighting for your affection and attention the word of God? Is the word of God what sparks your thought at this moment you wake up? Is the word of God what sparks your thought throughout the day? Is, is the word of God, even, even from a practical standpoint, church, and I understand we're all in different life seasons, I get that, and I'm not here to go, if you don't get up at four in the morning and read the Bible, then you're going, no, no that's not what I'm talking about, okay? But I want to, from a practical standpoint, ask you this. The moment you wake up and you turn to your nightstand to turn off that alarm that you've now snoozed four different times. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to just ask this because I know it's 2023. Is the first thing you open up your phone to social media at the most vulnerable moment of the day? Hear me on this. You've just woken up. And some of us, because we've got our phones on our nightstand, the first thing we do is we offer up our most vulnerable moment of the day to social media. And that begins to spark thoughts, spark comparison. Can I also say it sparks terrible doctrine and theology that's out there in these stupid reels that think, I'm I'm sorry, like I shouldn't... uh, there's some good stuff out there, you guys, but then there's just some straight up. And this is why we've got to know the word of God so that we can go, yeah, this person packages it great and they're a great speaker and like they look good, but like, is that actually true? Yeah, it's good. Turn to your neighbor. I want you to say it starts somewhere. Come on, like you're alive. Say it starts somewhere. There it is. The reality is your thought life starts somewhere. 
And, and I've been on a personal journey myself with, with this idea of my own thoughts, my own past experiences, some of which are truly traumatic. And, and I know I've shared some of those here on this stage before. And, and, and I understand, right? Like I get that. And in that journey that I've been on, I have learned that I'm not as helpless to my thoughts as I once thought. I, I believe that there are some people even here that the moment we start addressing our thought life, you think, I have no control over it. And I get that. I've been there. But you're actually more empowered than you think. Because it has to do with the proactivity of a lifestyle of a believer and follower of Christ. And it has more to do with the proactivity of that than the reactivity. Most of you are living your life in a reactionary way. I think this thought, so I respond to it. And God's calling us to a proactivity. Where when we abide in his word, and then now the enemy comes in like a flood, we know how to address what's being thrown our way. I've learned, in fact, that I'm not as powerless to the sparking of my thoughts as I once believed I was. In fact, I believe now more than ever that our thought life has more to do with what, hear me, what we feed versus what we choose to starve. There are thoughts in your life right now that I'm just going to plainly tell you, you got to start starving them. Don't feed them any longer. Don't feed into them any longer. Don't let it fuel you, your day. Don't let it fuel your relationships. Some of y'all have allowed your thought life to get so out of control that it controls you as opposed to you having the ability to be able to feed what needs to be fed and starve what needs to be starved. Why? Because what goes in will eventually come out. What are you meditating on? What are you ruminating on? I'm not talking about allowing scripture to just be this thing that I just kind of glaze over and kind of just get my... Are you sitting with the word of God? Just, I just want to give you a practical example. I was, I was about 12, 13 years old. And at the age of 9 or 10, I believe, I had gotten uh, just a, a word from the Lord that, that I was going to be a preacher, this and that. And, and I mean, here's a deal. Can I just be honest with you? Like, as a 9 or 10-year-old kid who was a pastor's kid, I'm like, that's the easiest prophecy to give. You know what I mean? Like, let me call out the pastor's son in the congregation, tell him he's going to be a preacher, right? Like, you know, and... and but when I was about 12, 13, I really began to, to just have a, a firm belief in my heart, man, this is where I'm headed. Like, this is, what I, this is what God's made me for. And as squirrely and as crazy as the next, you know, 10 years of my life were, um, I knew God had me on this track. And so I approached, I'll never forget, I approached one of my mentors at, at that time, who's just a, a wonderful man of God, a beautiful, wonderful man of God. His name's John Harvey. And I asked him, What's practically, what can I do to, to like, to become who I'm supposed to become? And I knew even then, I already struggled with weird beliefs in my head and weird insecurities and thoughts and, and just things that weren't going in the right direction. I was a very anxious kid. 
And he directed me to the book of Psalms, chapter 119, and, he, and it says this. It says in Psalms 119, verses 9 through 16, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander, wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Are you capturing this? I will meditate on your precepts. It does not say, I'm going to just skim by this scripture. I'm going to rush through my quote-unquote devotional time, which what even is that other than modern vernacular for you should be with God all the time anyway. Right? I will meditate. It means I, I stop and I pause and I allow this to overcome my heart, my soul, my mind to be able to abide in your word means I meditate on this. I think on it. I chew on it. And Church, I don't know if you've ever done this, but even just this right here, there's enough to spark your thoughts for an entire week. And how many of us bypass the word of God as if it's just this old book that has changed different versions in America and, and we're just so privileged in America because there's like a thousand different translations of it. Meanwhile, there's countries that still have to have it read to them by the priest behind a closed door. I will delight in your statues, statutes. I will not forget your word. In the scripture that I just read, there's words like law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, rules, word. I want you to hear them in, in modern day verbiage. Instruction, what God solemnly testifies to be his will, what God has appointed to be done, what the divine lawgiver has laid down, what God has commanded, what the divine judge has ruled to be right, what God has spoken. Are we abiding in that? Is that what is allowing to spark our thoughts? I'll tell you this, when a thought is sparked, you must learn to check the source. Some things come from your past. Some things, plainly put, come from the pit of hell to destroy you. Am I talking to anybody here? Because I feel like maybe it's just me that with one thought I could destroy an entire family's day. With one thought, I can come in on a Monday and ruin my staff's week. With one thought, I can come in, I write a sermon out of that thought and give you bad theology, bad doctrine, but I, but I followed that thought. Now, I know I'm talking about myself. Put it in your context. What, what does your thought life do? 
I want to push a little further, and please, please hear me on this. I, you guys, the reason I even went into ministry was for you, people. I love people, and I genuinely want the best for people. It, you have no idea. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hero here, but, and, and Pastor Ralph knows this, and anyone in the room that has cared for people, I mean, you stay up all night crying out to God for people when you know about situations, right? Like, I mean... And so, so what I'm about to tell you, know it comes from that love. But I think some of you have never stopped to think about the life that you've created because of a bad thought. Like you're unaware of how your family has to literally relate to you and shift everything for you because of this one thought. Some of you, you enter the room and your family knows we have to accommodate now. And you're unaware of it. And I just, I just want to lovingly tell you, be aware of it. And is that thought really sparked by the word of God? Or was it rooted in pain? Was it rooted in trauma? Was it rooted in a, in a, in a false doctrine? What was it rooted? Find out how, Tony. Please, for the love of God, open your Bible and the word of God will speak to you and the spirit of God will begin to reveal things to you. Yes, go see a counselor. Yes, go do all. Guys, I told you, I'm not like, please hear my heart. But none of that, I will say this very clearly and some of you might not like this. A counselor, a therapist, all that stuff, that stuff won't stick unless... The word of God is what is at the center of our hearts and our minds. All that stuff is great. And I'm telling you, I'm, a, I'm standing here today alive and not dead because of that, which is beautiful. But it was, it began with the word of, it begins with the word of God. I, I genuinely won't get through all my uh, notes today, but that's okay. Because I believe some of you need some freedom today. From these thoughts. Okay, I, I asked you, right? Some of these thoughts come from your past. Some of them are legitimate. Some of them from pit, pit of hell. Can I also tell you, some of them are also sent by the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Now, I'm not, I'm not as tough as I look. Thank you. You know, I'm not like this warrior that like served tours and you know overseas and you know like I, I, I wasn't that guy I was a skinny scrawny kid that ran cross country you know like <laughs> um, but I will tell you that all of us are in a war and if we are not aware or awake to that oh my lord okay you got to hear this because here's what the enemy does. He wants to lull you to sleep. Yep. Come on. The, man, some of you got to hear this a little, a little more. You got to pay more attention to what I'm saying today. The enemy wants to put you to sleep. So what happens with the, enemy, the lies of the enemy, it's not like, oh, you should leave that church and leave your faith and blah, blah. No, he starts with little things. Does God really care about you? 
if God actually knew the desires of your heart, then why are you not seeing that fulfilled? I mean, Ralph's going to be up here praying about his riches and glory, but where are those riches in your life? And he takes you right back to, guys, it's the same old stuff back in Genesis. Did God really? And what he does is he, he kind of puts you to sleep. And that's when he can destroy you. Now, I want to remind you, the enemy does certain things. He kills, steals, destroys. He also accuses. So if your thoughts, okay, are sparked by any of that, you got to know it's from the enemy. Okay. Number two. You guys ready for the second question for you today? I want to ask you, what stops and shifts our thoughts. So I asked you, what sparks your thoughts? But what, what puts some of these thoughts to a halt and shifts it? So when the enemy comes in like a flood and we recognize there's an enemy, what stops those thoughts in their track? Is there anything in place in your life right now that puts that to a stop? Do you even know what weapon is at your disposal to stop that kind of garbage dead in its tracks? I've learned this secret in life. I'm, I'm a young 35. I'm an old 35. Okay? And in my 35 years of much life, I've learned that when it comes to my thought life and when the enemy wants to flood my mind, I've learned one thing, and that is apart from me, I can do no good thing. Apart from him, I can do no good thing. I, Tony, when I'm not attached to the source, when I'm not abiding in the source, I am incapable of stopping those thoughts. I am powerless to them. When I'm attached to the source, now I got some power. Some of y'all got to learn how to rise up in that power, not out of your own strength, but out of being connected to that source. The book of Matthew chapter four, I don't have time to read it. I've been going a little slow today. That's okay. But the book of, uh, of Matthew chapter four, I want you to just take it, write it down and, and, and just let me paraphrase it real quick. Jesus himself, he's, he's led by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he's fasting. You guys that were here last week, you kind of saw when, when, oh no, maybe you were here, second service, I kind of got a little woozy. I, I fast on Sunday mornings. And so by the time I was preaching second service, I was feeling a little weird. I was like having to hold on to this. I'm going, that's like a, a 12 hour fast. 40 days and 40 nights, our boy Jesus was in the wilderness. And he comes out and the first thing he's hit with is the enemy trying to tempt him. Yo, if you're really that, here it is. Come on, tie it back to Genesis. Did God really, if you are really, then do this. And, and, it's, and it's typology to what he's going to do on the cross, right? If you're really God, then come on down off that cross. And he's going, me hanging on this cross is what fulfills me as God, right? Like, And, and as he comes out and he's tempted time and time again, you hear Jesus 
say, it is written. Not, this is what I think. Not, this is what my so-and-so said. No, he goes, this is what's written, my guy. And so he puts a stop to the things that the enemy's trying to flood, come in and like a flood. He goes, this is how I halt it. It's going to be with the word of God. Now, church, the more time you spend in the word, the more you'll be equipped with the truth to combat the lies. Opposite of that is the lesser time you spend in the word, the opposite. The less equipped you are to put a stop and shift these thoughts. For example, I shouldn't have to go through this. I shouldn't have to go through all this pain and all this trouble. James says, rejoice in trials and tribulations because of what it produces in us. Oh, I'm not worth anything. I'm just a piece of garbage. Nobody loves me. John 3.16 says he loved you so much, your value was so great that he'd give up the ultimate price for your life. Are you catching what I'm throwing down? And these are kind of, these are simple ones. There's more complicated ones out there. I'm just stupid. I can't make good decisions. I keep messing up. I'm just too young to have wisdom. No, book of James says, anybody lacks wisdom, ask for it. And guess what? He's going to sparingly give it. No! Says he'll generously give it. Oh, I just can't overcome this thing in my life. It's just like, it just has bound me up. If only you knew. Well, the book of James also says if you confess to one another, the prayer of a righteous person will avail it much and you'll find freedom and healing. Or you're Tony at the age of 12. What, what do I do? What do I do with these thoughts? These, some of them are lustful. Some of them are, are hurtful. Some of them are filled with trauma. Some of them are questioning who I am. Oh, would you look at that? As John Harvey said to me, how could a man keep his way pure? It's the answers right there, my guy. What stops and shifts our thoughts? Knowing the word, abiding in it, is going to empower you to stop a thought from, hear me, from going from being the thought to becoming a destructive cancer. My gosh, I'm out of time. Okay. Can I pick this up next week? Okay. So let me ask you just the third question, and then we're going to pick up, because I don't want to fly through this second po- the, the second or the third point. It's really good stuff. Um, but I'm just going to ask you this question, and then I'll invite the band, and we'll close out, okay? Still getting something out of this? Yes. Okay. Philippians 4, 8, and I want to ask you this. What sustains your thoughts? What sparks your thoughts? What stops and shifts your thoughts? And then what sustains your thought life? I believe the answer is found in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers... Whatever is true, this is what should sustain our thought life. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. 
if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. I want to ask you, what is taking up most space in your mind? What takes up most of the bandwidth in your mind? Is it this? And I think it's apropos that Pastor Ralph is in the room today because I'll never forget three years ago when I was probably in some of my lowest moments in my thought life and in my mind and in my heart. And, and he brought, he, he reminded me of the scripture that says in the book of Philippians chapter 4, Tony, you are allowing yourself to think about lies. You're thinking about, and he called me out on it, y'all. How many of you know you need a good spanking from a pastor every once in a while? Is that appropriate to say anymore in 2023? I don't know. You know, don't, don't take it the wrong way, please. Think on whatever is true and pure. Right? Like, some of you don't really like it when I call you out like, out like that, though. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, you're saying amen now, but you don't like it when I do it. Anyway, right? You're thinking about unjust things, Tony. You're not thinking pure thoughts. You're, not thinking, you're, you're focusing on the negative and all the, and, and what's happening in your mind. This is what Ralph said. They're magnified now. And instead of what is worthy, guys, do you know what being worthy of praise means? You magnify. What, what are, what's sustaining your thought life? It should be, what are, what's taking up the most bandwidth up here? Should be this stuff right here. The very sustenance of your life should be his words and his thoughts. I mean, Jesus himself, right? In the, in the book of Matthew that I just referred to, book of Matthew chapter four, I believe it's the fourth verse. He, he, he hits the enemy with this. Uh, it is written, oh yeah, there you go. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, what should sustain me, the sustenance should be his word. Ben, you can come on up. I promised you guys I would, I would respect your time. I know some of you got to go prepare some barbecues and all that stuff. But as they come up, I just want to reiterate a couple things for you, okay? And that is this. My concern that I mentioned to you last week is that we would come to church we would do this, we would do that, we'd go through the motions, we go to small group, we, we give in the offering bucket, we do this, we, you know, we serve. And we never actually experience him face to face. And actually encounter him. And once we encounter him, we allow that to be what we are permanently attached to. I want to encourage you today. Some of you at one point or another have allowed intrusive thoughts to literally detach you from the source of life. Here's the good news. Today, that source that you've been detached from is still available to you to be reattached to. Isn't that beautiful about our God? As we can turn our back on him, and he's going, I'm still waiting, my guy. Still waiting, my daughter. Still waiting, my son. Now I will balance that with seek him while he may still be found. And I would tell you the time is now. I'm just going to get bolder and bolder, okay? 
and just tell you, don't think on this any longer and just reattach today. Is that okay? I'm not going to be ceremonial about it. So I'm just going to ask you, close your eyes right now. All of you. And if, and if you're going, I've, I've allowed my thoughts to detach me from the source. Right now, repent. And just say that. Lord, I repent from that. Please forgive me. Be met with his grace. Be met with his mercy. Now, God, renew me. Just begin to say, God, renew my heart, renew my minds, renew my thoughts. Next week, you guys, and I know that today's sermon was a little incomplete because I, 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 I'm going to break down some very practical things about this next week. But just for now, just you can still encounter the presence of God even in this moment to renew your mind, renew your thoughts, to help you take down strongholds. And in God, just created me a desperation for you where no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in my thoughts, no matter what gets sparked, no matter what thoughts I need to put to a stop and shift, no matter what happens, I want to still stay thirsty and hungry and desperate for you, Lord. So God, that's my prayer for every person in this room today, Lord. So now as we turn our attention to worship one more time, I pray, Lord, that this song would be our heart's cry. That just as the deer pants for water, God, may our souls long for you. May our minds be those that desire your thoughts. That our hearts be those that are transformed by your word and your thoughts, God. And ultimately that our actions would be led by your word and your thoughts, God. In Jesus' name, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And if you need prayer for anything specific at this time, you can head on over to the prayer corner. People can pray with you, for you. Uh, And if not, you can feel free to sing the song with us as our response to the Lord. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.